Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a bomb. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's gonna be sick. Matt O'Han in for Tony Marinaro on this uh, Marinaro. Sorry, oh wow, gotta restart. Matt O'Han in for Tony Marinaro. If he saw that, he would murder me. Wow, uh, on this Friday, February tenth in Montreal, not nearly as it co- as cold as it was last week. Uh, it is. The Sick Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us wherever you are listening. Sick Podcast brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. They are a full leading logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. Also brought to you by Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, well, it's time you go back to Lacage because the menu will surprise you. As well, brought to you by LabiTV. Uh, brewed in Quebec and winner of a dozen international awards, Labite at TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. Labite at TV beer embrace for true nature. Well, uh, it's been a very quiet week for the Montreal Canadiens. Made, I mean, I guess considering the week and a half that the NHL has had uh, with a couple big trades, the Canadians, uh, I wouldn't have made a splash. They uh, more made a little, sprinkled a little water uh, in the bucket, you know, a little drop. Um, But uh, they signed Jordan Harris to a two-year contract. Um, You know, the Canadians haven't played since January 31st, of course. They were on the bye week and there was the the all-star break. And to uh, not really break it all down, but to discuss some hot-button topics about the Canadians, we have Charles-Alexis Brisois. Charles, how are we doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Matt? I'm doing uh, I'm doing all right because I haven't seen the Canadians lose in a while or I haven't seen them win in a while. I don't know how to yes. really approach this uh, lately, but uh, you know, yes. let let's start with um, let's start with Jordan Harris because you know that mm-hmm. happened today. Uh, Jordan Harris, two year contract, one point four uh, million dollar average on the salary cap. Uh, I think it's a good deal. I mean, not much to complain about there. Jordan Harris has been pretty good. Hasn't really you know, proven anything to get really anything more than that. But I think he's shown that he could be a uh, a serviceable NHLer in the future. And this is kind of his prove it contract for that. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really a typical bridge contract. He signed it 
10 months after his entry-level contract, which is really rare in the NHL, but you know, he signed it after uh, going to the NCAA and now a few months before uh, it expired. So really, you, I have the feeling that Kent Hughes and Jordan Harris knew what his value was. He's not a guy that is going to score a lot of gold. He's not a, a, a first-pair defenseman, but he's a really reliable guy. He really has a head on his shoulder. And, you know, he, he has two more years to prove himself and to say, you know, in 2025, I may deserve a bigger contract, but for now, I'm not necessarily that kind of defenseman. So nothing to argue here. They decided to, to, to do it right now, which is probably a good idea. We're not going to have to talk about it during the summer because, you know... Right now, we're not talking about it because it's in the middle of the season. We have other things to talk about. But in the summer, mm -hmm. if it if we were in August, we would have said, what's going on with Jordan Harris? Why is it so complicated? We have an idea that it's a, it's going to be about 1.5. Why is it not signed yet? Is there a problem? So right now, there's absolutely no problem. He's here to stay. And I think it's a great news. Yeah, I think it's great news, too, because, you know, there's been games where, you know he's never really done anything that you said, huh? You know, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it with this kid. You know, it's always, it's either you're not noticing him, which isn't a, which is the typical cliche of that's not a bad thing for a defenseman yeah. or, you know, he's making great plays with his feet because uh, he's a great skater and it's exactly what this team needs. And it's exactly what they're working towards. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, he, he's progressing and he's going to use the, those next few years to, to continue to progress because, you know, he has less than a year in the NHL. He played 10 games last year, 40-something uh, games right now. So he, he he doesn't have experience, a lot of experience, like most of the defense uh, the defensive core, obviously, but he's going to continue to progress on that. And he's going to give some latitude to, um, to Kent Hughes because I'm looking at Cap Friendly right now and you have a lot of defensemen under a million dollars. You have Chris Weidman, you have, you have Kovacevic, you have Jackai, Goulet, Barron, and Aris mm -hmm. at 1.4. It's almost a rookie deal because 1.4 is not a lot of money. So if they free uh, the contract of uh, Joel Edmondson, that defensive core next year is not going to cost a lot of money. Yeah, and uh, it gives just a lot of flexibility, a lot of long-term planning uh, for the contract of Cole Caulfield that's to come. Uh, obviously, he's sidelined uh, with the uh, sh sh uh, shoulder injury, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see further down the road. You know what kind of defenseman Jordan Harris really is when he once he reaches his potential. I like that he's a little bit older, spent some years in university. That's always a good thing. Uh, you know, it's uh, something that the uh, Canadians organizationally, at least, you know, they never really they never really tend to let their players develop too much. So that was good. And uh, yeah, he made it. He made it to the big club, and uh, we'll see what it could. Uh, we'll see what this two year contract uh, brings from Jordan Harris. All right, so. Uh, the trade deadline is coming up. It's less than a month away now, and it's coming up fast, like really fast. And we saw two big trades in the past uh, week and a half or so. First, we saw Bo Horvat go to the uh, uh, New York Islanders, and then he signed that long-term contract. Uh, whether it's a good contract or not, you know, I don't really care. It's not the Canadians, so it doesn't really concern me all that much. Um, but uh, also, just this past week, we saw Vladimir Tarasenko get traded to the New York Rangers. Now, that was a very interesting move because 
I feel it's weird. You know, the, the, the reaction on Twitter, it's always nice to, you know, whenever a trade happens, you, I go right to Twitter just to see what the reaction is. And it was kind of mixed, you know, it, it was like, Oh, I don't think the St. Louis blues gave up, you know, they, they didn't get too much of a return. And then I'm seeing, Oh, wow. The Rangers, they gave up a lot. You know, what does that mean for the Canadians heading into the deadline? So I'm going to ask you, do, do, do those two trades in, you know, these are big time players getting traded and first round picks being involved in those trades. Do you, do you think this affects any, any potential return the Canadians could get on any of their trade chips? Yes and no, yes, because every time a good player gets traded, uh, it, it creates a market and it creates comparable for, for Kent Hughes and for everyone else. But at the same time, the Montreal Canadiens, they do not have a Vladimir Tarasenko. They do not have a Boarvat to trade. And, you know, the trade deadline is in a few weeks. So maybe the market is going to change and maybe the... the the pressure is going to be harder on some GMs to, to make a trade. So I'm not sure how exactly it affects the Montreal Canadiens, but clearly you, you see that there is a desire to, um, to improve. The New York teams, they, they really want to, to, to make the playoffs and they really want to, um, to try to win that Stanley Cup and they made the move in consequences. You, you know, you, you talked about the Borvat deal. Uh, you heard what Lula Morello has to say too long for too much money, but he knew what he had to do. He knew that uh, this is the market, this is the rule he's going to play by, and he decided to to pull the trigger on that trade. So, you know, he, the, the good the good teams want to to improve. That's uh, something very clear to me. Yeah, and with the Bo Horvat deal, you know, the more I think about it, it's like, yeah, they probably signed him for too much money for too long, whichever way you could see it. He's a great player, but I think I think it's just a little too much for my taste. But the fact is, Lou Lamorello doesn't really care because he's not going to be there by the end of that contract. So that's for sure. At least chances, at least chances are, you know, he's really old, so he's either going <laughs> to retire before it or he'll get fired. So he doesn't really care much. He just locked up a really good player though for his team. Um, but the, it's the Tarasenko deal that that intrigues me because, you know, it's a, he's a fantastic player. Like you said, the Canadians don't have a Vladimir Tarasenko to give up right now. But, you know, I just can't help but think back to last year's deadline. Obviously, the, the market is way different, but you see Arturi Lekkonen go for basically a first-round pick in, just, in, mm -hmm. in Justin Barron and a second-round pick on top of it. So... Uh, it, it's just it, it's going to be a wild, wild trade deadline, uh, and you know at least leading up, you know it won't be. Generally, it's not that good. It's not going to be like the NBA was. The NBA was just absolutely yeah. insane. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't know. What do you what do you what are you expecting in the weeks leading up uh, from the Canadians? Well, it's it's going to be really hard because you know we talked last year. How Ken Hughes did really great, and I don't want to diminish anything, but it was easy you know everyone everyone wanted to have Ben Sherat and actually Lekanen was uh, a prize the uh, forward and you know the, the the Colorado Avalanche decided to 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 pay the price and he was traded but right now the 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 cases are very different because of the injuries you know without the injuries uh Joel and Mansud could be a very valuable defenseman but I'm asking you the question if you're a GM right now knowing that he has another year of contract 
do you take on Joel Edmondson without being sure that his, his back is going to affect him? So it's really a, a hard question for the other GMs. And the same question could be applied to a guy like Sean Monahan. You don't want to trade for him and to see, be, uh, to see him be sidelined for a few weeks and not being sharp for the playoffs or anything. So... Kent Hughes is not in a good position. Maybe could try to 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 sell the guys and say, okay, may, maybe if he if he plays ten games in the playoffs, that second rounder become a first rounder. But even then, it, it's not going to be any guarantee for the Canadians to acquire that famous uh, third uh, first round pick that that the GM mm -hmm. wants. So it, it's going to be really really hard, and Kent Hughes is going to have to sell really hard to to say, you know what, my players they're going to be healthy and they can help your team. So it, it's going to be hard for Kent Hughes, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's 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 really just the injuries this year. You know, just officially with LTIR and and just regular IR, the Canadians have nine players on, on that list. You know, so it's just it's insanity. And you know, I make the joke every week. I made it to Stu Cowan. I'll make it to you too because at this point it's tradition. But you know, it's like if one more player goes down, keep your phone close to you because Shal, they might be calling you next to to come up to the team. <laughs> but but it's really gone to that point. It's it, it's bad, and and it's all the wrong players, right? It's like none of the mm -hmm. players that you wanted to get injured have now gotten injured. But I don't know. I, I feel like you bring up a good point because like. For example, a Sean Monaghan, let's say, you you know, Kent Hughes constructs some crazy deal like he did in the summer with Calgary on like who knows that who the hell knows what the terms of that first round pick is. Um, <laughs> but he could come up with some sort of, you know, crazy condition with a team that, you know, they're up against the cap. And they could use, they could throw uh, a Sean Monahan on the LTIR, and then you know who knows if he's healthy come playoff time, then you have like another Nikita Kucherov situation mm -hmm. where you're getting an acquisition, you're over the cap, but it doesn't really matter. So I, I feel like that could happen. Uh, Joel Edmondson, that's a tough one because you know it's it's two or three seasons now he's had he's had injury problems, so that's yeah. that that's a really unfortunate one for many different reasons. Because one, I mean, it's unfortunate for the Canadians because you know that would have been a nice piece to move and definitely would have had interest. But the mm -hmm. other part is, you, Joel Edmondson is a player I really like. I really liked him since the uh, the Stanley Cup playoff run um, a couple of years ago. I, whenever he was speaking to the media, he was so just very intelligent and like not spewing the the, the like the oh we got to get pucks in deep kind of thing. You know, it was always just very thoughtful responses, and he just seemed like a like a really good guy. So that's just why I feel bad for him. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Edmondson, he brings something to the table and he won the Stanley Cup in 2019 uh, as a top four defenseman. And he went to the Stanley Cup final with the Habs as a top four defenseman. So, you know, he, he has that profile of guy you want in the playoffs on the ice, of the ice. We talked about him being maybe a captain for the Montreal Canadiens. Obviously, they decided to go with Suzuki. That was the right call. But he, he was considered and he wears a hey, an A on his uh, on his jersey when he's healthy. So that's a decision to, to take. But if a team acquires him, you don't want him to be just good in the locker room. You want him to be good on that ice because he has a lot of experience to offer. And that's the same thing with, um, with a guy like Sean Monan. And, you know, we talk a lot about Colorado Avalanche. 
but they're very injury prone too this year. So you don't necessarily want to have another injury prone guy. So really, there's a lot of questions. Maybe you can turn to, to someone who's not as good as Sean Monahan when he's healthy. But if you're sure that the guy is going to be in the lineup, maybe it's uh, a little more easy for another GM to, to trade uh, in the next few weeks. Yeah, and <clears throat> it's tough uh, because, you know, it just seems like every team, you know, the two tra the two big trades have happened. You know, you, you got Vladimir Tarasenko and Bo Horvat. Like, those are two massive names getting traded. But it kind of feels like every team is kind of in limbo because they don't really know what's going on with the cap. Like, we know it's going up a million dollars, but what's going to happen after that? No one really knows what's going to happen. So those longer term deal or the de the deals with term on them uh, with players with term, that's where it gets trickier. I find, but I find also those are really the players that are being tossed around in the rumor mills these days. You know, it, it's, it's those players like Joel Edmondson that have term. If he was healthy, you know, a Yol Armia, that, that's a name that I've heard a couple times, you know, everyone knows what he does come playoff time. He just turns on the Jets. Even a Jake Evans, I've heard, you know, being his name being tossed around uh, here and there across the different websites. But again, these guys are injured. And I mean, while they don't relatively have that much cap, they, they don't take up too much cap. But it's tough because, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen with this cap. You know, you're going to assume it's going to go mm -hmm. up, especially with the the, the TV deals. Well, the, the, the Canadian TV deal is up in a couple of years, but... I don't know. I, I'm excited to see because it feels like it, it feels like at this point last year, a lot more trades were happening. So I feel like they're going to get at least from an entertainment standpoint for the fans, it's going to get concentrated closer and closer towards that deadline day. Yeah, I want I want to see some. Uh, you know, we're all gonna take off on that day to concentrate on that and oh, yeah. for, to, oh, to yeah. work. You know, but we're <laughs> not not off of job, but off of everything else to make sure to concentrate on the the, the trade deadline. Um, we need we need some trades for for the fate of the NHL. We need to to have a, a good day, and yet uh, the 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 salary cap is a very good uh, point because it is really really important. And I have the feeling, Matt, that. Sometimes people forget how much the NHL relies on that salary cap. It's not the same situation as a few years ago. We see mm -hmm. a lot of uh, transaction on that way. I mean, uh, Marc-André Fleury was one division who was traded for nothing because they gave all of his salary. And a few months later, he was traded for a conditional first pick because the Blackhawks decided to retain half of his salary. That's a proof for me that when you retain salary, when, uh, uh, when you facilitate a trade, it can be way much easier. And that's why I think that a big transaction for Josh Anderson could be very hard to pull off for Kent Hughes during a season because he has a, a, a very imposing contract, 5.5 for the next mm. four plus years. It's really, really huge. And I'm not sure if a team can add that kind of contract at the trade deadline. I know there is salary going the other way, but Kent Hughes is not going to retain salary on that one because he don't want to have that uh, salary retained for four more years. If he is traded, I think it's going to be during the offseason. But as for the next few weeks, how do you uh, make that trade? I'm not sure if there is a way, sincerely. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned you were on Cap Friendly. I'm on Cap Friendly right now. And boy, it's, it's tough sledding. I mean, if you're a playoff team, 
there's not many playoff teams that are, you know, so far out of the cap rate space because it's like the, the gap is just so large. You know, the playoff team with the most amount of projected cap space right now is the Winnipeg Jets, and they got just about $2 million in change in cap space. So you're right. I mean, retaining cap, I mean, on Josh Anderson, that would be tough. I I, I agree with you. I don't think uh, Kent Hughes would go for that. Um, but he's an interesting player because, again, he's just – he's one of those guys. He's so frustrating because you know what he can be. It's kind of like, I I see a parallel. Now I'm going to get shredded in the comments for this. And I really don't care because I've been shredded before and it's going to happen again, but it's, I'm going to draw a parallel between Josh Anderson and Jonathan Drouin. It's not as close as, you know, it's not just like, oh my God, I'm comparing both of them. I'm comparing the situation because, you know, we all know the talent level that Jonathan Drouin has. It, he wasn't a third overall pick for no reason. Now, it just didn't happen for him. And it happens, whatever. You know, if stuff happens, we're not going to harp on it. It's the, kind of the same thing with Josh Anderson because, like, you know, we know what he's capable of. He was brought in, he's like this freak of nature, huge guy, can skate like the wind, but just, in my opinion, it it has not worked out the way that Marc Bergevin had envisioned. And I'm not going to knock him on that move because it was a great move at the time. Everyone loved it. And at a certain point, it's on the player. So it, it hasn't worked out the way it has. But like, is he too old at this point for a GM to say, we can make that work? Here's the thing with Josh Anderson. Josh Anderson in the regular season and Josh Anderson in the playoff, it's a complete different animal because if you if you just go on the hockey DB, you you look at my statement and you say, well, it's not really true. But when you see actually him play and you see the way he's playing completely different and the opponents are really scared of him. I remember in 2019, you remember when the um, the Blue Jackets uh, swept the, the Lightning before they went on for their a few few cups. Um, Josh Anderson was on that Columbus roster mm. and uh, in uh, in Tampa Bay they said we had absolutely no answer against him and I think if you look at the, the, the score sheet I think he has one assist in four games but his impact was bigger than that so maybe mm. a playoff team can say okay we can take a chance but you know you said it he, he's going to be older and maybe he's going to slow down to the next few years you don't know how a guy who relies so much on his speed is going to look like at 31, 32, or 33 years old. So in the point of view of the Montreal Canadiens, who are not going to make the playoffs in the next few years, or at least they're not uh, wishing to, 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 to win the Stanley Cups, maybe it's uh, it's fair to say, okay, we're going to trade him, but the team who's going to acquire him is going to say, yeah, it's perfect to have him in 23, 24, 25, but how is he going to look in 26 and 27? That's the question lingering right now. And if the salary cap doesn't go up as much as they want, he can become at 5.5, maybe uh, heavier than you want on your on your salary cap. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I... I'm going to I'm going to steal this from one of our one of our uh, viewers or listeners. Uh he's on YouTube. He he this is the perfect comparison. Uh this is from Crypto Bunny. I compare Anderson to Rene Bork. I love it. I love it. Rene Bork was not the uh he wasn't the the best performer. I mean, he people hated him here. But come playoff time, I mean, I remember he was one of my best memories as a uh, as a kid growing up as a Montreal Canadiens fan. I went to uh, 
a game where it was the Rangers against the Canadians. It was that famous series where price went down. And I was at the game where, you know, I think the Canadians won seven to four or something. And Josh and uh, Josh Anderson, Rene Bourque had had a hat trick in that game. That playoff mm-hmm. run, he was insane. He was insane. Mm-hmm. He had like 13 goals or something like that. So really like that from crypto bunny. Thank you for the comment. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're right. It's, it's, he gets older, but you know, it's, it's, again, it goes back to like the Lou Lamorello thing is like a GM could take a chance on this because, you know, with five years on his contract, that GM could probably say, you know what? I saw what he did against Tampa Bay. Like you said, um, and you know, he's a good player. I like the, we like the frame. We like the size, speed, skill, all of that, uh, together physicality. I'm probably not going to be here at the end of his contract. So like, why, why not take a chance? You know, let's, mm-hmm. let's give up an asset and, you know, throw the hail Mary. And if it works, it works because man, that is a, uh, like the potential is there. And I feel like maybe because we're in Montreal and we hyper-focus on these players so much here in the bubble. Um, I don't know. I, from the outside, all the signs point to this is a good risk to take. You know, the, the cap hit, whatever, it's fine. That you can manage. It's more so the, the, the five years left that would concern me. Yeah, exactly. But as you said, maybe a GM who, who wants to take a chance right now and maybe doesn't care as much on the future uh, as he should. Um, I, I may think about the Calgary Flames. They they really seem to to do right now moves, as we saw uh, last summer. They have an history trade uh, with Kent Hughes, obviously, with the, the Tyler Toffoli trade. So maybe a, a, a team like that, maybe the Jets, if something happens, um, may trade for him. That being said, let's remember that he has a modified no-trade clause. He can refuse a trade to eight teams. Maybe Winnipeg is on that list. I, I don't know because I, I haven't seen his list, obviously. Yeah. But we can assume that Winnipeg is on that list because I guess it's on many players' list. But it, there's a lot of factors to consider to, uh, considering Josh Anderson. And that's why I'm saying maybe it's going to be really hard to trade him right now. Um, and... Kent Hughes doesn't absolutely want to trade Josh Anderson. If he receives an offer big enough to trade him, he's going to do it. But how can you build a, a bidding war if if so many teams don't have the luxury during the season to trade for him? So that's why I think don't hold your breath. I think it if it has to happen, mm-hmm. it's going to happen during the summer because you have uh, more space on the cap during the summer. You can... Um, you can create a bidding war. You can talk to the players. You can talk. You can take your time. Right now, everybody is stressed about everything. I'm not sure the timing is the is the best. Even though we just said, you know, he's a playoffs guy, and the playoffs are coming. So I understand that that part of the deal. But during the summer, that's when I'm looking for uh, uh, for maybe a, a Josh Anderson trade. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. It's something to look for towards the summer. Um, also, just a quick note for our viewers that are a part that are paying close attention to the tank race. There is a massive game going on right now between the Arizona Coyotes and Chicago Blackhawks. Currently tied 2-2 in the second intermission. Hopefully, if you're a Canadians fan, you see a three-point, you, you see that you see that game go to overtime with the winner going either way. Um, but back to potential trade uh, trade chips. One player who is healthy, and you know, uh, we spoke about it last week on the Sick Podcast with Mo Khan and Scott Matla when we did a roundtable was Mike Hoffman. Now, Mike Hoffman gets a lot, a lot of hate in this city, and I, I find it's a lot of it is because 
you know, as, as much as people know what he was brought in for, he's not doing it. He hasn't been scoring the goals lately. Um, he's, he's been putting in a couple this year, but as of late, but consistently with his time with the Canadians, he hasn't done it. And he was here to bring in to help the power play. Didn't do it because, well, the Canadians don't have a quarterback to man that power play anyways. But lately, I've really liked Mike Hoffman's game. I, I mean, I find when he's playing up in the lineup, he's been very much involved in the in the game, at least in the offensive zone. He looks like he's, you know, taking good shots and, you know, he's putting the puck in the back of the net a couple times. He looks good. Is it impossible that... A team will look at this, you know, they're struggling a bit on the power play. A team will look at that player and say, okay, he can still play. All we're asking him to do is shoot the puck. We have the team around him to insulate him and for him to do that. Is it impossible that that a team looks at him and you know might want to take a might want to take a go at him uh for the trade at before the trade deadline? It's not impossible, but I do I do not think it's it's really a, a real possibility because of that next year in the contract. You know, mm-hmm. if we were twelve in, in twelve months in twenty twenty four and his contract was about to expire, I would say yeah, as a rental, a team is going to take a chance on fifty percent of his contract or something in the conditions that you said that you don't have to be the the, the guy that generates offense. You just have to be the guy who shoots. Um, Maybe if he has a really, really good run in the next, what, 10 games before the, the trade mm, deadline, yeah. if he has the chance to play on the power play because Cole Caulfield is not there on the spot, that may help him a little bit. And if he scores a few goals, maybe a GM is going to say, you know what, maybe I'm going to give it a call and see if there's a fit right there. But I won't uh, hold my breath on that one. I'm pretty sure that he's going to say he's going to stay. And if he has to be traded, it's not going to be now it's not going to be this summer. I think sometimes it's going to have to pass by and maybe towards the next deadline, there could be a possibility to, to trade. But as of right now, I don't think so. Yeah, it's um, that's one where I think it's 50-50, right? Because it's just, it's just one more year kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't see it as totally impossible. Um, like you said, it's not totally impossible. I'm not, again, I'm not holding my breath, but I think that's one that, you know, it could be like a, a surprise move that kind of no one was expecting. And, you know, I, I already would know the reaction if Kent Hughes managed to trade him, which would be utter joy on Twitter, because for whatever reason, <laughs> people hate him. But let's not forget, this is a He's not the reason why this team is bad. No. So I, I I just feel like he gets a little too much hate for my taste, especially when people start ripping him, you know, for not back checking. Well, you know, if you're it's said from day one, if you're expecting uh, Mike Hoffman to back check, you haven't been watching hockey for too long. Um, all right. Uh, shall the, the thir- this 30 minutes has flown by. Um, I, I got to ask you before I let you go. Uh, are you watching the Super Bowl tomorrow? Uh, on Sunday, rather. Yes, I will watch the Super Bowl. Uh, and I don't watch a lot of NFL. I try to 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 watch it towards the season, but you know, the Super Bowl is something else. You you have a gather up with some friends and everything. You you eat wings or whatever, and you know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a good time on Sunday night. That's for sure. Okay, so I gotta ask, um, who do you have winning the game? You know uh, the. 
what I love about sports is seeing a guy succeeding so many times. And I, I, I want to see the nasty. And a guy like Patrick Mahomes has the potential to, to do so. And of course, in Philadelphia, maybe there's something that could be built off too. But Patrick Mahomes already has one. It's going to be his third Super Bowl. He can win a second. Uh, I'm rooting for that. I want to see greatness. I want to see at some point someone winning three, four, five, six. I'm not going to say seven because I, I think it's going to be pretty hard to, yeah. to catch up on Tom Brady. But, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes has that potential to be the next guy. And I want to do so. And I think he has the ability to do so. So I'm going to say Patrick Mahomes. So you're going to take the Chiefs. Okay. And uh, what's uh, you said wings uh, are you're going to be what you're going to be eating. What's uh, what's the sauce of choice? This is very important to me. Um, you know what? I'm a Buffalo guy. I, uh, I like the Buffalo sauce. I think it's going to be a, a great fit on that one. So, but you know, it's wings, right? So if you offer me whatever the sauce is going to be, I'm going to take those wings. All right. All right. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, child, uh, enjoy the two games, uh, this weekend they go, the Canadians are playing tomorrow at the bell center against the New York Islanders and Bo Horvat. And then on Sunday against the uh, Connor McDavid and those Edmonton Oilers, then we got the big game at night. So enjoy this weekend of sports. All right. Thank you, man. You too. Thank you, Shal. So that was Shal. Now it's time to talk about Super Bowl 57. Uh, very, very excited for this game. It's very bittersweet um, because for two reasons. One, it's the best game or the best day of the year. It's the Super Bowl. So much fun. You know, 90% of North America will be watching this game. I pulled that number out of my rear end, so don't quote me on that. But you know what I mean. It's just a it's just a good time for all. Um, you know, and my favorite part of the Super Bowl, more than anything, uh, the, the reason why, well, before I get to that, the reason why I call it bittersweet is because, one, it's the best game of the year or the game I'm looking forward to the most out of the year. However, it is the mark of the beginning of the NFL off season. So we go about, you know, six or seven months with no football, which is just a travesty or NFL football, I should say, which is just a travesty. All right. That's my favorite part more than the food itself, but around the game are the betting props. And you know, we had to bring him back. He got a one week ban because he took the Buffalo Bills over my Cincinnati Bengals. Well, he made the right choice last week. I've been following him, following along on social media. He took the Chiefs over the Bengals, or two weeks ago, rather, took the Chiefs over the Bengals. He is Cash from Run My Bets. Cash, how we doing? What's happening, brother? Excited to be on, man. Excited for this weekend. It's, uh, it's that yeah. time of yeah, I've been following along on your uh, on your Instagram page. I know you got some big, big plays uh, for this weekend. Yeah, uh, in, just just out of curiosity, right off the bat, just gonna throw one at you. Are, is there a reason of significance for the Baltimore Ravens hat? Um, look, I don't have a Chiefs hat, and gotcha. I I, I look, it signifies <laughs> something. It's the end of the season. Futures come out right away, right at right after the end yep. of the Super Bowl. Guys, I'm all over the Ravens for next year. I'm going to be betting futures immediately. I'm going to take my Super Bowl winnings, and I'm going to be putting roughly 5%, 10% of them on the Ravens. Watch out for the Ravens next year, guys. These playoffs taught me so much, and I really believe the Ravens have a good chance to win the Super Bowl next year. So I'm glad you brought up futures because I thought about it, and uh, I was like, oh, we'll see what Cash has to say. You mm -hmm. brought it up right away. So we're going to talk about that after we talk about the big game. So let's just go right off the bat. Kansas City 
against Philadelphia. I, I, you know, Philadelphia considered the home team, but it's a neutral field. So whatever, uh, Philly are one and a half point favorites. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but this line, basically it, I, I, if I remember correctly, it opened up at, as Philly as two and a half point favorites, and then it dropped to one and a half, and it didn't move. Or am no. I wrong on that? Yeah. Um, so you're right about some of it, but the line opened initially Kansas City minus two and a half. Uh, okay. It was immediately bet down to Kansas City minus one, and then it was bet down to a pick. And then when it started coming on global marketplaces, the number, the first number that most people saw was Philly minus two. Philly minus one and a half, Philly minus two, but it did open in Kansas City's favor. Kansas City did open a two and a half point favorite. It held steady at at Philly minus two and a half, and then it hit two. And then later on the week, it went to one and a half, and it's been sitting there ever since. So I got to, I got to ask because it just seems like from watching, you know, the first takes, the first things first, the, the, all the sports shows, the big high profile sports shows, it just seems to me like the entire world, at least from the so-called experts on TV that are paid to give their opinion, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are are on the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I'm at a loss for words. You know, I would think it's like a 50-50 split here. You know, yeah. we're talking the Kansas City Chiefs, but I don't know. Why, why, why do you think that is? Why is the entire, at least mainstream media world all over the, all over the Eagles? Yeah, you're you're right, and it's it's. I don't even think it's. I don't even think it's the mainstream media. I think it's everybody in general. Like if you go outside and ask ten people, six of them are going to say the Eagles, and they're not crazy for that. The Eagles are the Eagles are a much better team. They're better literally on every single position of the ball except for quarterback. They have the better offensive line, the better defensive line. They have the better secondary. They have the better receiving unit. They have the better running backs. Their tight end group is probably deeper as well. And I know that Travis Kelsey's on the Chiefs, but just going to show you, like the Eagles are a much superior team to the Chiefs. They're way better than the Chiefs at every area, except for the most important area in all of sports. Well, so I could probably, you know, if you, you weren't on when it was uh, before the Bengals Chiefs game. Yeah. And, you know, I could probably make the argument that the Bengals, well, I could definitely make the argument that the Bengals have the better receiving core. Yeah. The Bengals had the better running backs. Yeah. The Bengals, they didn't have the better tight end, but overall, I think you would take the weapons of the Bengals over 100%. the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, would take the defensive backs of the Bengals over the defensive backs of the Chiefs. Yeah. You would take, you know, the defensive line, even though they have Chris Jones. You know, it's a one-man show, basically. Yeah, I I lean Bengals there. I think it's a bit of a wash, but I think the Bengals probably have a little bit better line. Yeah, so it's just, to me, I find for a number one seed, Mm -hmm. I understand that the on paper, the players and the the group, the personnel is not as good. Yeah. But to me, it's just crazy that nobody has just said, what are we doing here? This is Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. What what are we doing here? Why are we not jumping all over this? Yeah, well, I'm jumping all over that, man. That's uh, uh, me too. Me too. I'm right there. Side. I'm right there. I, I set it up. I said the Eagles are the better team, and I'm I'll, I'll hold myself to that. The Eagles are much better. But listen, this is the type of game. This is the type of position, type of situation where in five years from now, if Patrick Mahomes has three or four rings, you're going to tell yourself you're going to be like back the 2022 Super Bowl. He was an underdog. You could have taken him at plus money. I don't know how many times you're going to be able to say that in your lifetime. He's got experience. He's been there. Um, I, I like the Chiefs, man. I like Patrick Mahomes. One thing that's super underrated about this Chiefs team is the offensive line. The Eagles have a great offensive line. They probably have a better O-line, but this Chiefs O-line 
is what moves them. It's what held them in against against oh, the bro, against the Bengals, man. They held up. The Bengals O line didn't ha- didn't hang up. And see, that's the thing that everyone was talking about. Everyone was saying, "Oh, the Bills are going to destroy the Bengals offensive line." Well, number one, it was in snow, and the Bills have a terrible defensive line. They couldn't get any pressure. I knew that wasn't going to be the case. You have you have the mm-hmm. Clark and you have Chris Jones there in the middle creating havoc, and it's just caused like it's caused so much weight and it's caused so much opinion to stir. You know, you look at the Eagles and their record with Hurts. It's so misleading, man. If anyone anyone who watched that game with two eyes realizes that the Eagles they haven't beaten anybody all year their best oh win my God. all it, year it drives me crazy like if someone asked me their best win I would tell you it's probably the Tennessee Titans at home and those Tennessee Titans they proceeded to lose I think seven games in a row like that is their marquee win they beat the Cowboys with Cooper Rush and they beat Josh Johnson at quarterback for the 49ers and I see a lot of lot of Eagles fans a lot of Eagles supporters a lot of Eagle backers oh we dropped 31 on the best defense in the NFL you didn't. You scored thirty-one points, but you guys got two turnovers. And another thing is, too, is you guys only had two hundred and sixty yards to show for it. Like that's nothing. You, if you average two hundred and sixty yards a game in the NFL, you might get fourteen points with that. Um, the same thing's not going to happen this game. They literally have do not have one legitimate win on their record. I don't see a world where Kansas City loses this game. They can win from behind. They can win from ahead. Give me the Chiefs, man. I think the Chiefs are the better team. I think they're the better quarterback. They have the better coach. I like the Chiefs in blowout fashion. I like them in a double-digit win. I really do. Jalen Hurts looked awful against the 49ers. Mm. And, you know, so I'm going long here, but you said you felt bittersweet, and I thought you said it was bittersweet because you're watching the Super Bowl and your Bengals aren't in it. And I had huge tickets. I had massive leverage on the 49ers. And trust me, man, I would have loved to have seen the Niners in the Super Bowl. But you know, I was, I was thinking back. I was thinking back. Sorry to sorry to cut you off, but I was just no, just I'm gonna let you continue. But uh, I was thinking back to when the 49ers lost that game because I remember you told me the week prior, man. I'm just hoping the 49ers make the Super Bowl. I don't yeah. even need them to win it. I just want them to make it there. Yeah, yeah I felt I felt for you that day. Just because when you have so much leverage on the future, right? If they're a one point favorite or a one point underdog, you can hedge off your position easily. You know, like and it guarantees mm. you a profit. And the same thing happened this year. It's unfortunate. But that's what happens. You know, they lost their quarterback, their third-string quarterback, and then you have a fourth-stringer out there. Um, and Hertz looked awful, man. He looked terrible. Uh, he couldn't throw the ball. He was missing wide-open shots. Every th- every pass that he threw was a check down. Um, they don't look right. Something is off with them. Just because they beat the Giants as a huge favorite and they beat Christian McCaffrey taking snaps in the backfield, like, watch out, guys. Like, a lot of people like the Eagles – be careful with this, man. Patrick Mahomes is only going to get healthier. If he was healthy, like 100% healthy, they would be two and a half point favorite. They're not. I, I, I completely agree. Well, that's the thing. And so there's a couple things. First thing, I'm, I'm really happy you brought up the Chiefs offensive line because yeah. we, we we're both in agreement that the Eagles have the better offensive line. But that's not to say that the Chiefs have a bad one. Like I mm. watched them shut yeah. down Sam Hubbard shut mm. down DJ reader and shut down Trey Hendrickson. That is just insane. You're one yeah. of them will get loose in a yeah. game, generally speaking. Yeah. And it was nothing. And you know, the Bengals, they, they kept, they did what they wanted to do. They wanted to keep Mahomes in the pocket. They yeah. did that, Yeah, but they just couldn't get home. And that line was, it was damn impressive to me against the Bengals. Um, the, the next thing, uh, that, that you said that, that piqued my interest, um, was that Jalen Hurts hasn't looked right. And I completely yes. agree with you. It, it's it's insane to me because, you know, like the thing is, is when you when Eagles fans say, and, and listen, one of my best friends is an Eagles fan. And if you're listening yeah. right now or going to listen later, I'm sorry in advance for what I'm about to say. He's not going to like this. Yeah, well, he's not going to like it. But the truth is, is like I've been a Bengals fan. I've seen some really good, some sh- really shitty Bengals teams in my day. And the biggest thing was they've always had a very solid defense. Yeah. But I'm sorry. 
your defense could be as it could be the best freaking defense in the world if you're on the field if you're on the field for 75 percent of the game you're gonna get scored on that's just the it's just the law of physics like it's gonna happen so that's why they hung 31 on the 49ers yeah so and look i'm gonna cut you off here for a second because i feel like it's really important to say a lot of people look at the generic metrics like oh they average this many points per game the sharp guys the professionals that really do this full time they don't look at the score they don't look at how many te- how many points a team put up you look at the like the serious metrics like yards per play total yards in the game the eagles were averaging less yards per play than the 49ers were without a quarterback that's like disgusting it's it's borderline impossible like it makes absolutely no sense they got 260 total yards for the game like that is they had about of like of an atrocious of a performance as you could have, yet they won the game by 24 points. It's so misleading. It's and look and look what it did to the market too. Like the market opened up Kansas City two and a half, and right away the number goes to Eagles minus two and a half. People are reading the stat sheet wrong. People aren't looking at really what's important: per, uh, yards per play, points per play added. It's extremely important. These advanced metrics that people don't know about, they actually way they're, they're way better at dictating the outcome of a game than the actual mm-hmm. score. You know, um, they turned the ball over. They got turnovers. They got a million flags after San Francisco tied it up. This Eagle team is extremely overrated. They're a huge trap. I think Vegas is going to cash out this week. I really believe that. Yeah, I'm there with you. And like, and like you said, you know, I it's that's a third reason why it's bittersweet is because my Bengals aren't in it. But the the truth is, is like. I will be cheering for the Eagles as a fan of the game because yeah. you know they beat the, the Chiefs beat beat the crap out of my Bengals. But you're putting your money However, on the Chiefs, exactly because it's the smart, intelligent yeah. thing to do. Yeah. So with that, uh, we're both on the Chiefs. So I'm, let's let's move on to some to some other things on the game. So the over under is set at fifty one. Yeah. I don't know. That seems kind of high to me. You know, you got two injured quarterbacks uh you know one i would say is more significant to the to the position than the other yeah. that being yeah. Jalen shoulder yeah um both i've heard on many different networks that both these teams game plan is going to be to pound the rock yeah so the 51 points comes from where yeah it's really tough it's funny you say that because the everyone looks at the eagles and identifies them as a running team they're not actually a running team. They're a pass first team. The only reason they have such an efficient run game and such a top, such like an all-time run game is because they're ahead in so many of these games. They have such big leads in these games. These run metrics, these running yards that they have, they're so exaggerated. Look at the Giants game. They were ahead in that game by 20 points in the first quarter. Look with the Niners. The game was over at halftime, right? They're piling up so many yards running the ball. It's really misleading. So when people say like, oh, I'm going to bet the under because the Eagles are going to run the ball and they're going to deflate the ball and they're going to have all kinds of time with it. I'm not really buying that. And here's the truth. I really like the under in Super Bowls. I automatically bet it almost every single year. Huh. I have yet to watch a Super Bowl where the under doesn't win. That's the truth about it. That's the, I have yet to bet on a Super Bowl where the under doesn't cash. And I'm going to take the over in this game. I think everybody's got it wrong. I think we got two pass-heavy teams. Another thing, too, when I first looked at it, I was like, oh, Super Bowl under. The deeper you dig into the stats, the more you look into it, I think there's a liability in this Eagles secondary that hasn't been exposed yet. Look at the quarterbacks that these guys have played. They haven't played anybody. This Eagles team didn't even – like when they played against Dak Prescott, the Cowboys were averaging over six and a half yards per play. They dropped 40 on them. You know, that's the only yeah. competent QB that they've placed. And Dak Prescott, in my eyes, isn't even an elite quarterback. Like what's going to happen when Mahomes gets a hold of this guy? Look at Brandon Ayuk's quotes. He said what we were going to do to these guys through the air was going to be unparalleled, right? And he said he would take everything that he owned and go put it on the Chiefs because he thinks the Chiefs are going to tear through them with an aerial attack. Look at what Green Bay did to them. Green Bay put up 35 on them with Jordan Love coming in for the later half of that game. Like, it's just, it's so misleading going into the Super Bowl. And everyone's saying Philly has such a great defense. 
do they actually, who have they beaten? Who have they stopped through the air? What have they done to really prove that to you? And the answer is nobody. You, They have nobody. They have no stops. They have no stops against elite offenses. I, it's To me, it's blasphemous. It's insane. Give me the over 50 and a half. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think a lot of people overvalue this Eagles defense. They got a great pass oh. rush. I'll give them that. Their pass rush. Yeah, but that, that that's that's where I was leading to is, you know, yeah. a great a, a bad defense could be very well disguised by a very yeah. good pass rush. Their pass rush is a lead. I'm going to give them that. I'm not going to argue that. Their linebacker plays below average and their secondary plays look great, but super misleading, guys. I'm telling you. I think they're going to get lit up. I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City drops 28 plus on them. So let's get into uh, some of the props. I have a lot of over. I have, the, I have a lot of the line numbers out. So uh, we'll we'll start here because I was kind of on this, but I'm interested to get your take after hearing what you had to say. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't, you know, when I see a high number of passing yards, like 293 for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I, I get a little nervous. So I look at the value at, you know, a lower number, like on Jalen Hurts, 240. And, you know, again, injured shoulder. He hasn't looked very good. I was leaning under, but you just said it's going to be a pass-heavy game. So where are you leaning on uh, Jalen Hurts over or under 240 passing yards? Um, I, I have uh, – if I had a free play on it, I would take under. I don't see him okay. being able to throw over 250 with that arm. Um, Mahomes, though. Mahomes, man. The, the number opened up 278. It's now 296. The value's on the under, but I'm taking the over, and it's going to be a it's going to be a whale play sent to my clients. I'm going to want everybody unloading on the over for Patrick Mahomes passing yards. This is the Super Bowl, man. Regardless of whatever he's going through right now, I really believe they're going to be throwing on first down, throwing on second down, throwing on third down. Look, they just beat the Bengals, and they had 17 rushes for 36 yards. They have no run game, and he still, he's chewed them up on half a leg. Now he's probably got 75% of his leg back. Um, I think he's going to chew them up. And here's the thing. If they're in the regular season, you got to worry about that prop. Patrick Mahomes passing yards prop, you got a real issue. If they're playing the Raiders on Sunday at 4 o'clock in, in the evening and they're up 21 to 3 in the third quarter with six minutes left, they're not airing that thing out anymore. They, he might, you might not even find him in the game in the fourth quarter. Guys, he's going to be throwing first down, second down, third down. He's going to have 350 passing yards this game. And here's the thing that's amazing with this prop. It's not conditional on whether they win or they lose. Because if they're winning, I believe he still continues to throw the ball. If they're losing, he throws the ball even more. I think he gets over 300 yards easily. And I think the bookies are going to take a beating on that one specific prop. Yeah, it, it strikes me as a 325 kind of yeah. game for Patrick Mahomes. It's square. You know? It's winning, though. It's a square. It's yeah. as square as it gets. But they're going to they get pounded on that prop every year, and it's going to happen again. Yeah, so uh, I like that one. Jay, I, I'm happy you said if you had a free play, you'd take the under on Jalen Hurts because I was gonna, I, I, I was, I, like I said, I was leaning under, but after what yeah. you said there, it, it got me a little nervous. So let, let's talk. Um, so I guess you would have, you would say that you know Isaiah, a big, a big play that. Well, it's not really a big play, but a play that a, that a friend ran by me was that he said to me, you know, Isaiah Pacheco. 40 well at the time he got it at 49 and a half rushing yeah. rushing yards he took the over now i saw it i just checked right before we went on we went on uh, live it, it was at 47 and a half yeah that that is a number i am quite tempted to take because we've seen in the past you know like to protect patrick mahomes you have to establish the run otherwise yeah. i don't care i don't care how good that chief's line is yeah that that defensive line of the of the eagles will eat so I, I I'm really liking the 47, uh, the four, over 47 and a half, just based off the fact that we've seen earlier in the season that the the Eagles' run D has struggled at times, yeah. and 
you know, they're, they're going to have just from the sheer volume that Pacheco is going to get because they're going to want to protect Patrick Mahomes at, yeah. at a certain point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I can't do it. I can't get behind it just because of what he did last week. He was terrible. Mm-hmm. And the Bengals, the Bengals don't have a great run defense. Like they, they don't like it's average, a little bit below average. Um, they have a great pass rush, but stopping the run isn't one of the Bengals' fortes. And and we saw what happened to Pacheco. This guy, yeah. Pacheco and McKinnon combined for 36 yards on 18 carries. The run game was non-existent, and it it, it shows you how good Patrick Mahomes is and how valuable he is. Another thing, because you're talking about Pacheco rushing, right? Yes, just rushing. Yeah. Sure rushing. Clyde Edwards Hilaire got activated off the IR. He's their running back number one. Um, the Pacheco prop really scares me, man. Honest to God, I I, I believe I'm gonna have the, I'm gonna have his under. I'm gonna have all their unders on my card. Light sprinkles, nothing crazy, but I'm gonna be betting yeah. the running back props under. I really believe that. So uh, you know, Jalen Hurts is at fifty and a half. Uh, that's yeah. just a stay away for me. You know, I, it's a, see, it's, a, it's a high number. It's a high number I, I, for a game. I think he can get there, man. I, I would lean towards the over, and I'd lean towards the over on Mahomes rushing yards as well. It's their, They're both injured, but this is the game of the century for them, right? They're both going to be playing, doing whatever it takes to get there. Um, if it was last week or even in the regular season, I would have said no, stay away. But I, I think Jalen Hurts over 15 and a half rushing is, is a decent bet. So let's move to receiving yards uh, before we get to receptions, because I know what your rule of thumb is when it's the Chiefs playoff game on receptions. Um, But let's talk receiving yards first. Uh, Now, this is something my friend uh, fed to me. Um, Interesting, because I think it was it's the Chiefs against number one wide receivers. They're, I think, 31st ranked in the NFL against number one wide receivers. Well, here's the tough part. Who's the number one wide receiver now? Because one week it seems to be Devontae Smith. The other week it seems to be A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith's receiving yards are at 63.5, and and A.J. Brown's are at 72.5. Yeah, I I think A.J. Brown's their number one receiver, and A.J. Brown has a history of chalking these guys up, man. The Titans beat the Chiefs almost every time they played them with A.J. Brown. Um, I think AJ Brown's the number one option, but Devontae Smith is really good. He's really good at those quick throws, those quick seam routes where he gets six yards and turns it into 11 after contact. Um, AJ Brown though, you can win that prop in one shot. The one thing that worries me though is hurts, man. He's off. He missed him last week. Yeah. He missed him on a wide open touchdown. The game was already over at that point pretty much, but he still missed him. Um, I, I'd lean, I, I'd, I'd take AJ Brown. <sighs> See, I would, I honest to God, I, I don't, I don't think I'd take either of those props. To be honest, I would leave that. I don't have faith yes. in either of them. If I had to take so one, I'd take AJ Brown. So it's funny you mentioned that AJ, him missing AJ Brown because uh, it, my a friend of mine had texted me, "You want a lock? You want a lock?" Because yeah. I, at that point, I had no read on the the Eagles 49ers game obviously yeah. as a Bengals fan I was hyper focused mm-hmm. on the Bengals Chiefs yeah, yeah yeah so I had no no idea how that game would go he goes you want to lock yeah, take got AJ lock. Brown over AJ Brown over four and a half catches yeah the guy had four freaking catches on one drive yeah and Jalen Hurts wrong. missed him on the touchdown he did not get another catch again yeah there goes that so, Bremen, man. Uh, and, just uh, just yeah, so uh, what I'm interested on the other side, though, is I'm interested in the uh, the the Chiefs uh, the Chiefs props because you know what I'm doing. We, we're, well, we're both. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Don't worry, I'm doing it with you. Yeah, <laughs> I've Easy learned money, my lesson. Money. Uh, yeah, I've I've learned my lesson. I'm doing it with you. But let's. Uh, I just want because Patrick Mahomes. We both believe he's at. He's going to get over 300. Well, he has to throw to some players to get yeah. there. Yeah. Um, 
so Travis Kelsey, 78 and a half. I'm going to take that over. No problem. Easy. Uh, Travis Kelsey's catches, by the way, I'm even more enticed by it. I'm even more enticed by that because against the Bengals, it was seven and a half. He ended up hitting it, but I was a little bit nervous. When it gets to seven and a half, you have to get to eight catches. It's a lot for any player. But this is is six and a half now. So I feel really good about six and a half. So over, over, easy, done. Now, here's where it gets interesting. MVS and Juju are both at 35 and a half. Kadarius Tony, I believe is he's definitely lower than that. I, yeah. I don't you know, Kadarius Tony the guy's yeah, but you know what? Kadarius Tony's gonna get tackled once and like shred his hamstring or something. Yeah, so I had him last game, man. Dropped a 30 yard touchdown pass and ran for 10 yards and got injured. Brutal. Yeah, exactly. So uh I'm interested to see. So we're both on the Kelsey train. Yeah. If you had to bet MVS Juju 35 and a half, where would you lean there? Um, I'm betting, I'm betting Marquez Valdez Scantley, man. He earned yeah. Mahomes trust. That's the game of the year, the game of the year so far that like that Bengals chiefs game can be, if, if the chiefs go on and win this game by double digits, they blow them out. That AFC championship game is probably more prevalent than this Super Bowl would be. And I think Mahomes realized he's got a dude, like he's got a guy that he can yeah. find down there. Yeah. They had nobody, they lost three receivers. They were down in the depth chart. Third and long Mal- Valdez Scantley catches a crazy pass from Mahomes. That dude. Might have the game of his life. I'm taking him on. I'm taking a flyer on him. Super Bowl MVP. I'm taking him receptions. Wow. I'm taking him receiving yards over. Um, Marquez Valdez Scantley is going to be one of my bigger plays. Watch for this guy. He showed Mahomes something. Mahomes isn't going to forget it. Yeah. Well, that. So I'm. I'm with you there because that was one thing that I was really impressed. Because you know, I'm like the the emotion in me is like obviously yeah. I want the Bengals to win that game. And I'm sorry yeah. for our viewers and listeners that I keep drawing back to this game, but it's natural yeah. because this is how the chiefs got to where they got to. Um, when he made, when Patrick Mahomes threw that pass to Valdez Scantling into the end zone, you know, I didn't give up at that point, but I was yeah. like, man, what a freaking rope. Like my God, what a, what a toss that was. That was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And, and you know, I agree with you. That's the type of game that you like, you want to earn a quarterback's trust Yeah. that, you know, it kind of seemed like he wanted to trust him all year, but he just couldn't, but he showed up in a big way in a big yeah, game. The game of his career. Him. Yeah, exactly. And I'm right there with you. I think that could happen again on yeah. Sunday. Uh, so let's talk catches. I guess we're both on this then MVS uh, over two and a half. That's easy, 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 easy money. Easily. He's their deep go. He's their go route guy, but he catches short seams as well. That's money. That's a money prop right there. I love that. If you're watching the show, you should you should go bet that right now if it's at two and a half. Yeah, two and a half is like I saw that and I'm like, really, really yeah. after last week. Yeah. Um, another one that intrigued me I, again. I'm not. I'm gonna lay off the AJ Brown, Devonte Smith. They're both at five and a half. I'm just gonna, yeah. you know, I'm just gonna not stay away from that. But another one that really intrigued me was Jarek McKinnon. And he's at two and a half. Yeah. That's a really seemingly very low, suspiciously low number for a pass catching back. Yeah. Um, It's because they've got so many backs going, man. They have Ronald Jones. They have Clyde Edwards. They have McKinnon. They have, um, what's the other guy's name? Pacheco. They got four backs, man. Like, it's tough. Like, I'm going to stay away from all the running back props for the Chiefs because – you don't know who's going to get the tug, who's going to get the leash this game. Like, I have no idea. I think Ronald Jones is absurdly underrated. I think he should be involved in a lot more, and they disagree. I think Pacheco's good. Uh, it's it's tough. That running back room is extremely complicated, man. There's no clear-cut guy in there. You, is, is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going to be their their guy? 
on Sunday or is he going to be the third guy or is he not even going to see a snap, you know? It's extremely tough. Stay away. The the, the pass catching props too. Stay away, man. I, I just I don't I don't really have a good read and we're gambling at the end of the day, but I'm not trying to gamble. I'm trying to bet with an edge, right? And I just don't see an edge right. to be had there. So let's talk about the edges to be had uh, yeah. in in the touchdown category then. Um, again, no surprise here. Travis Kelsey leading away, minus 125 to catch a touchdown. I'd take um, it. Two, and, two or more, plus 375. I would take that because I said to cool. take that. Yeah. I said to take that against, uh, who was it? It was against the uh, the Jaguars, and he yeah. did it. He did it with the first, you know, like however many. In the first two drives. drives. Yeah. 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 So uh, th- I like that. Jalen Hurts, I always like it because it's always plus. It's always yeah. in the plus money, man. It's I don't know if it's a trap or not, but he's yeah. at plus one ten. I can't you know, talk you about that. But that's it, because you know they get the ball on the one yard line. You know it's yeah. basically automatic. So yeah, uh, that's one I like. A flyer, I kind of like it, but if Jalen Hurts was was healthy, I would love this. But he's not, so I'm not convinced he could hit him on a deep route. But Quez Watkins at plus four fifty. I, you know, he, he seems to always hit him once a game, you know, <laughs> can't do it. but because, but because of the shoulder, I, I can't do it. Yeah. I, I don't, I can't question you there. I get your reasoning. I can't do it. Can't do it. So, uh, this one though is very, very, uh, interesting to me. And, uh, just quickly before we move on to some quick props and I want to just get a couple futures out of you. I know it's late, uh, mm-hmm. but Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes plus three seventy five to, to rush one in or to, or to catch one, but you know. I- I, I'm be- I'm betting that, and I'm actually gonna I'm gonna bet not heavy, but I'm gonna bet a good chunk on that bet. I think he's gonna score. Yeah, I, I, again, I'm there with you. It's a big game. It's you know, he's absurd. a big time, he's a big game player. That's just the price me. is absurd on that. It's the price is off. The price is wrong. They're counting for Mahomes two weeks ago. He's gonna be a lot healthier than he was. You've got to bet that. Exactly. That's the thing because, like, even against the Bengals, you know, like everyone was wondering how healthy he. Well, yeah. he looked pretty freaking damn good to me. Yeah, Even if he, he was 50%. Yeah. Um, now, he had two weeks off where he's probably getting that ankle massaged, you know, five hours a day. Six hours and, a day, literally. Yeah. And, and if needed, they they will shoot that ankle up, if needed. Yeah. So, and they, they didn't shoot him up last week, and that's another key thing I forgot to go over. They didn't shoot his ankle up last yeah. week, so he couldn't have been that bad in the first place, you know? Exactly. Well, I'm glad you brought that prop getting... up. That's my yeah. favorite touchdown score prop, 100%. All right, so we got that out of the way. Let's let's just talk about like the fun props here because it's, mm-hmm. it's being offered somewhere, so someone's going to bet it. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you because I'm sure at your uh, at your Super Bowl gatherings, uh, you do the prop sheet. You do yeah, the prop yeah, yeah. sheet. You do all that jazz. Yeah. Okay, yeah. this is always my favorite one because I always get it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gatorade color. What are you running yeah. with this year? Uh, it's got to be yellow. There's some information that came out though. If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, it's going to be yellow. Um, and if the Kansas City Chiefs win, it's going to be either orange or yellow. So, okay, that, I, I think the bet's actually been taken down in a lot of the marketplaces because it was leaked that it was most likely going to be yellow. Uh, so I'd have to take yellow. If you can get yellow at a plus price, take it. Yeah, and uh, yellow is just as a side note, just the best flavor of Gatorade. It's that's the, just, it is the best flavor, man. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's just a fact. Uh, national anthem. I think it was at. 121 and a half seconds. I think yeah. it's Chris Stapleton. I mean, I always just take the over on the national anthem. I mean, yeah, this is <laughs> it, 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 he apparently he holds his notes a long time, and apparently, like, this one's supposedly supposed to go over, but the price is absurd. You're laying minus 300, I think, for that. 
Um, if you're looking to have some fun, bet the under. Got a plus 300 price. That's my opinion on it. There you go. And uh, the first Rihanna song. I'm not a Rihanna fan. I don't know if you are. So I yeah. don't know what's on the docket. I, I'm just hoping to hear a couple of the bangers. But what's yeah. uh, what's like the, the, the sharp play on the first song? Yeah, so this is again where Sharp Money came. I guess some information leaked because it was it was um, uh, Please Don't Stop the Music was the odds on favorite across all sports books. Mm-hmm. Um, the market closed for about two hours today and reopened up with um, Bitch Better Have My Money at minus mm-hmm. 200. And it opened up globally across all marketplaces. So I'm assuming that's what she's going to open up with. Um, it's similar to the draft. Like, Paulo Bancaro went number one overall in the NBA this year. And out of uh-huh. nowhere, he was like 10 to one. And then hours leading up to the draft, like he went from 10 to one to six to one to two to one to all of a sudden minus 350 to one, uh, minus 350, uh-huh. you know, and it's so that sort of thing. I think that's the song she can come out with first. So uh, there's that. And this is my favorite one. Like I know now that I learned what it is. Yeah. I, it's just, it just sounded really weird, but yeah. will there be an octopus in the game? Now, for those who don't know, an octopus is when a, 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 t- a player catches a touchdown, the team goes for two, and then that same player catches the two-point conversion. What's, what, I what thought it literally, uh, I think just, you you can't bet on a player to get yeah, one, but I yes believe, no. but it's just a yes or no, and I think it's at plus 1,600 is, where I, is what I saw it at. Yeah, see, here's the thing. Like, there's so much value on the nose on these because the books know that the public money is going to come in and pound the the yeses at yeah. plus 1300, the safeties, all that stuff. Uh, the wise guys are are t- are placing large bets on the nose, the, and they'll lay 1200, 1300, 1400 because they know they're getting an extra bang for their buck on these. Like, if, if you're betting yes, you're paying a premium. Uh, I'd probably bet no, but you got to be a pretty high volume better to make it worth your buck. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, yeah, there's nothing, you know what, there's nothing, I don't know if it brings me more joy or sorrow when I see, you know, like on, you know, those like barstool bet, bet slips or whatever, uh, bleacher report betting when I see like the, like what I saw during the wild card round, someone laid, I think like a million and a half dollars on the chargers at halftime to win 50 K and you know, there goes a million and a half dollars after. So, uh, yeah, that was that. That you got to be a really big time better, as you said. Okay, let's talk a little future. Um, let's talk MVP for a second because Patrick Mahomes just won his uh, his second MVP. Uh, you know, I don't think like the NFL is a weird thing. They don't. They're kind of like the NBA where they like to get to the guy over and over and over and over and over yeah. again. Um, so I don't think he'll probably be the odds-on favorite, if not Jalen yeah. Hurts. That could mean, at least in my opinion, because. This might call me a homer if you want, but I think there could be some good value on Joe Burrow heading into next season. I don't know what it's going to open at, but I, I kind of like that bet because he was in the talks, and who knows what would have happened if that Bills Bengals game yeah. would have got played. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think uh, I think that's a good value play. It's not like it's going to happen, but it's a good value yeah. play. I, yeah, I can't uh, I can't talk you off that. I mean, all the star quarterbacks, all the elite quarterbacks, you know, Burrow, Herbert, Mahomes, Rodgers, used to be Brady. Like those guys will always be in some form of contention for the award, right? So I can't I can't talk you off of that. He'll be a little bit. He'll be motivated as well. Um, the O line has been together for a year now. They're really healthy next year. I could see it happening. Why not? Mm. And uh, so we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk about your hat because you said it's a future for next yeah. season. Yeah. Um, I really. It pains me to say it, but like I, 
really agree with you. I think there's going to be really good value on the Ravens. And, you know, forget about the Lamar Jackson thing for a second, but just that defense was it, one it was of the, the most impressive things was. I've ever seen. They might have been really. better than San Francisco's defense. Like with what they did to the Bengals, being able to hold them like that, it was inc- they were going to win that game with Tyler Huntley. The oh, Sam Hubbard time. touchdown. If the, if the Ravens would have scored that touchdown like they should have, if they had a competent coordinator, the game was over. I don't see the Bengals scoring a touchdown and winning the game after that. I just don't see it. Um, and it brings it, it makes you question if the Ravens would have went and played the Bills. I would have been on the Bills. I would have taken the Bills, but I don't think the Bills would have won that game. Um, the the Ravens defense showed me something. They're elite. They're getting their quarterback this year. But they're getting him back. Watch out for them, man. If, as long as he signs that contract and he stays with them, that team, and you're going to get an even better price than them because they're not sure he's going to sign that contract, but they're not going to let him go. They'll franchise tag him or whatever. Um, take the Ravens. Yeah. Matt, talking about bets real thing. quick. Yeah, I go sent ahead. Sammy my Because like, people ask me all the time, oh, do you even bet these games? Of course I bet these games, guys. This is my livelihood. <laughs> I, I sent Sammy my Super Bowl bet slip. I talked the Chiefs up quite a bit. Um, that's my bet slip. I got 10000 bucks going on the Chiefs for $20,000. Um, so I'm going to be a happy camper on Sunday, or I'm going to be uh, – or I, I, I might not be the happiest guy out there. But I get a lot of people, <laughs> oh, do you bet these games? You recommend me to bet them? The guys, that's $10,000. That's real money. I'm not cashing that bet out. That's going to be up on Sunday. Um Check my Instagram. Check my Twitter. You'll find out uh, if I won. Well, you'll know if I won or not because you're going to be watching the game. I'm on the Chiefs. Uh, I'm backing it with my own money, a lot of my own money, and I don't recommend you guys make a bet that size, um, but I do recommend you make a bet on the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm, I will uh, endorse that recommendation. Uh, just lastly, just quickly, because we talked a lot about player props. Do you have advice, you know, for, for guys like, you know, guys like me where, like, you know, betting, betting units is all, is all relative, right? Like a big bet for me is, you know, I would never, unless I built up the bankroll a little bit, generally speaking, you know, if I'm starting off with $200 in my account, as I do every season, you know, I'm not going to be throwing a hundred dollars on a six way parlay. So like what to you is like, you know, a safe, you know, but value worthwhile parlay to be, to be hitting with all those props we talked about. Like you're asking me how much you would recommend putting on a parlay, like, or you're asking me for the so parlay. For, so, no. So, for example, you know, if I wanted to put, you know, let's talk Kansas City to win the game. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes over two ninety three and a half. Yeah. And you know, we'll take uh, Travis Kelsey. What just any time touchdown score? So yeah. that'll just off the dome, off the dome. That'll probably pay plus uh, five hundred. Plus five. Yeah. Plus plus five hundred somewhere around there. Yeah. You know. On on a on a bet like that, you know, if you're if you're really, you know, what's the unit you're looking for over on a bet like that? That's you know, you need three things to happen. Yeah, if if you're if you're prof- if you're trying to do this professionally and you're trying to look at this as an investment, um, it's got to be less than one percent of your bankroll. It's for fun, right? The parlays eat you alive. The juice kills you. Um, I, I'm really looking. If if for example, if you're playing a hundred dollar bankroll, I'm putting less than a dollar on it. Um, and obviously, you're probably playing more of a bankroll. I'm just using that as a benchmark number. Yeah, you're. If you're heading into the Super Bowl with your buddies, instead of going to the casino with 500 bucks, you want to take 500 bucks into the Super Bowl, put 100 bucks on the parlay, man. Because at the end of the day, you're going to put, what, 250 on the Chiefs. You'll put 50 on an anytime touchdown, 100 on a par- crazy parlay, and 100 on another crazy parlay. You're going in ready to lose that money. 
Um, it's not necessarily degenerate gambling. It's you're having a good time. You're adding to the atmosphere. But if you have a, a bankroll set aside specifically to make money, to make this as an investment, take it seriously. You shouldn't be betting more than 1% of your bankroll on a parlay. Yeah. And I mean that. Yeah, right there with you. Uh, because I'm just curious because, you know, like my my key to victory this whole season has had yeah. been, uh, you know, two money line or or if they were underdogs and I like them or just a two-way parlay of like straight money line or, you yeah. know, uh, a spread pick with a money line. That's what I went with. So I was just curious to get your take with the player props and all that. For uh, sure. Cash. Uh, listen, man, uh, this won't be, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, this is not going to be the last time this year where we talk with each other because I still do want to get you on because trust me, I'm following that Instagram account. I'm seeing you with your hammering away at the NBA picks. Oh, the NBA has been great, Oh, I know you're seven and zero, oh, man. Uh, you're seven and zero on your big uh, on your big on your big max bets. So I love yeah, to see that. Yeah, it's been great. Um, so I'm definitely going to have you on to ask you about some NBA picks. Maybe For even sure. to ask you about some hockey picks because I see a th- I see you sprinkle in a couple hockey picks in and there too. Yeah, it's, hockey's tough, man. Just for my client base, there's no there's not much market out there for it. But when the playoffs hit. The market comes alive and a lot of people are asking for NHL. So I really dive deep into it in the playoffs and weeks before the playoffs. But before that, it's hard just because of basketball takes up so much time in the NFL. But uh, I follow hockey closely, man. I'm still up to date in the markets. I just don't send it out as much because it's not as in demand for my clients. There you go. So Cash, uh, enjoy the football. And as much as it pains me to say, go Chiefs. <laughs> there you go, man. Go All Chiefs. right. There you go. Uh, that is Cash from Run My Bets. Uh, always fun to talk to him. Thank you very much for listening on this Friday evening. Uh, enjoy the Habs game. Uh, early Habs game tomorrow, 1230. Love that. Get to go out at night and not worry about the Canadians. Uh, and then, you know, again on Sunday, 1230, puck drop against the Edmonton Oilers uh, and Connor McDavid. Very, very fun game to be had, to be watched. Uh, and then the granddaddy of them all, the Super Bowl uh, for Sunday night. Just can't, can't wait for that game. It's going to be a great one uh, either way, because if you're following me and Cash, you think the, you think that the Chiefs are going to win big. And uh, if you're not following me and Cash, and uh, if me and Cash lose, then, well, you get a good game in the Eagles winning or maybe the Chiefs just winning uh, by a slimmer margin than that, which I think everyone hopes for. Anyways, that's our show. Thank you very much for listening. Tony's back on Monday. We'll see you then. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.